Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy St. Patrick's Day. We're recording this on St. Patrick's Day weekend, the day after St. Patrick's Day. So uh, as we record, I'm sure many people uh, going into the Irish comfort food, so to speak, to nurse the the night before. But uh, I am joined uh, here on the Bruins Beat, on another episode of the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media, and joined by an old friend and a man that used to be around the Bruins often. And his name is Rob Simpson. He's now with NHL Network. And... Uh, He's got a lot of ventures going on right now. Simmer's actually adding these. Uh, he's going to be having his second. Is it his second book now, Rob? Fourth book there, Murph. Fourth. Fourth. Jeez, I can't keep count, Simmer. Jesus. <laughs> but this one, yeah, is, uh, this one looks like a gem. It's called No Heavy Lifting, and it's basically about your adventures being a sports journalist, correct? Yeah, they're they're a little episodic. It's not like autobiograph- autobiographic, like you know, I was born a tall white child or any of that life story. It's more individual episodes, uh, antidotal, you know, from different places around the world. So a little Africa, a little Hawaii, a little Italy, and, a, and actually quite a bit of Bruins. So uh, some insider stuff, some stories from behind the scenes uh, yeah. with the Bees and in the NHL. So it's fun. Oh, that's good stuff. And of course, I imagine the. Uh, Kilimanjaro, you mentioned Kilimanjaro there, and that was with, uh, speaking of the bees, that was with Zanano Char, right? With Big Z, yeah, I did a, a magazine version of the story um, years ago, uh, but kind of ex- expanded on it and got down and dirty and told the whole story with the details um, on that. And then, um, uh, you know, stuff like Joe Thornton trade when it happened and uh, my support for it since the beginning. And uh, just some other stuff, TV stuff behind the scenes. Yeah, and amazingly, as, as we talk right now, it is actually Zidane Char's birthday. So happy 40, 41st to Big Z. And uh, we'll, we'll keep going on a book here, but just, just your take quick. I mean, Simmer on, on Zidane Char this year. I mean, I know he's hurt as we speak, and we don't know if he's coming back Monday or not. But, I mean, w- what a year he's having at age 40 and now 41 on March 18th. Cooner steps in, out of the box, pull you. Spooner thinks twice. Here's Chara through the slot right in. He scores! What a goal! Chara! No doubt. And you know what's funny is I wouldn't be surprised if he signs a two-year deal. And I know he's going to be looking for it. Oh, he's looking for it, yeah. Absolutely looking for it. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bruins give it to him. He's 41. He's, uh, he's feeling good. I saw him in Toronto about a month ago. Fit as a fiddle. And, um, you know, not a bad 23-point season at this point. And, 
a guy that would love to stick around, and I think the Bruins wouldn't mind having him around as McAvoy and and a couple of the other young defensemen continue uh, to develop, like Carlo, etc. I hear you. Well, you know, Mother Nature, uh, it doesn't seem to catch uh, Z at all, but, you know, it does catch him a little. He, he does have the little uh, receding hairline like myself, Simmer. And as we get older, you got to watch this with the <laughs> hair, eh? It's crazy. And uh, yeah. one of our sponsors, of course, it, is Hims, And uh, we want to uh, urge our listeners to go to uh, their website. And uh, just a couple stats here, you know, 66 per met, 66% of men lose their hair by age 35. And the thing is, when you start wow. to – yeah, can you imagine that, Simmer? 66%. 66%. Yeah. I, believe, I right. believe it. Yeah, and you know what's interesting? I mean, I had some guys, geez, in their mid-20s, they were already going bald. And I was lucky. Yep. I've had the hair for quite a while. I was starting to get a little uh, get a little iffy in the back there. And, you know, the thing is, that's why hymns is so great because usually you start to notice hair loss, it's too late. Um, and it's easier to keep the hair you have than replace the hair you've lost. So that's why we tell you to go to forhims.com. A one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, sexual wellness for men. And thanks to science, baldness can be optional. Hims connects you with real doctors and medical-grade solutions to treat hair loss. There's no waiting room, no awkward doctor visits. Save hours by going to forhims.com. And remember, put in the code BEAT, and that's as in Bruins Beat there. Put it in. Go to forhims.com slash BEAT. And you'll get a nice discount thanks to the Bruins beat here on CLNS Meter. Simmer, I, I, I look at you, though. I still see you got that full head of hair going. It's great. Full hair, buddy. Full hair. Got Better the going. Flow. I eat my vegetables. Yeah. Eat my vegetables. All right. Maybe that's what I got to start doing, my friend, because it's getting a little shady in the back there. But we will see what happens. Uh, but getting back into your books there, I mean, that sounds like a great one, too. And, of course, you also uh, worked with, uh, with Babs, our good friend, uh, Miss Babineau, on Black and Gold. Four decades of the Boston Bruins and – uh, photographs and and that was quite an adventure too. Just I bet putting all those pictures together, huh? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a very thorough tome, and uh, there's actually been two editions of that book because we did the original around I want to say 2009 or 10, and then of course they go on to win the cup. So I think we added a Winter Classic 2010, and then the Stanley Cup 2011 chapters. So 2011 would be where the second edition comes out and we're thinking about maybe adding to it and then having a third edition so that potential does definitely exist nice that sounds like a plan yeah. uh hey there might be some uh, great photos to film as we go along here in this season uh, so you're you were around this team for a while you covered them as a, a reporter a ringside reporter for Nesson. so you you saw it from the beat perspective but now you're you know you're in toronto you're seeing it from afar and you're you, you watch them on tv and whatever but I guess it's interesting to me to maybe get your take on their season thus far and sort of compare and contrast it to those like myself that are around the team a lot or the fans here that see the team so much. Because I don't really know, you know, what the league is thinking of the team right now. We think they're a good team, but I think there's a lot of people here that are still waiting for that other shoe to drop, you know, and we're kind of seeing it right now with the injuries and all the games they're playing. But somehow this team just – keeps plugging, they get shut out 3 nothing, and then they go into Tampa Bay on Saturday night and they lay a 3 nothing shutout on the division-leading and Eastern Conference-leading Lightning. I just, I'm trying to figure this team out. I mean, I'm not going to say they're for real. They're definitely for real. But are they a legit Stanley Cup contender in your eyes? I think they are. I think because of the – there's two things that kind of go hand-in-hand hand for me, and that's the core group and 
the core group and the entire team's work ethic. And I mm-hmm. think that they, they have a core that believes in the character, chemistry, and commitment, my, my favorite three C's. And nobody works harder than Bergeron. Obviously, nobody works harder than Chara, especially in terms of working out and staying fit and all that off-ice preparation. And Brad Marchand also works very, very hard. So here's just three examples of leaders who um, give it their all, lead by example. I don't think anybody in that room really feels like sloughing off, especially when you have character uh, like that around you. So that is a, that's a huge piece right there because all it takes is one or two guys on any roster that can spoil it if the attitude isn't there and the approach isn't right. So I think kind of having that veteran core group led by Berge, led by Chara and Marchand um, and a David Krejci really helps out the young guys. And, and outside of the core and the work ethic and also good goaltending from Tuka Rask for the most part, um, they've kind of struck gold as it relates to the young talent. And mm-hmm. they've, also, they've also plugged holes rather nicely. Like Riley Nash, you forget he was a first-round pick back for the Edmonton Oilers back in the day. That's spent right. some time in Car- Carolina, didn't really light it up, but you know has found a real nice little niche on this you know, deep team. He, he's really a perfect depth guy, and he's, he's uh, pushing 40 points at the moment. So uh, guys like that, and then young players, draft picks that are working out like a Charlie McAvoy. I know he's hurt. But um, a combination of plugging the holes and filling the young spots uh, and fortuitously finding success uh, works out pretty well. Yeah, it, it really has. And I, I think that's a great point on you by Riley Nash. He, he's really one of the most underrated stories, I think, in the NHL right now. And, you know, I saw somebody on Twitter pointed out the other day, he's, he's an impending UFA. And I, I, I think he's definitely increased his value on the open market, eh? Oh yeah, no question about it. And uh, I don't know. Checking, I got to take a look at the their cap at this point. They don't really have any cap room, so they're going to have to play around if uh, moving forward. And of course, mm-hmm. they brought Rick Nash. Rick Nash in as a rental, um, so that doesn't really affect their cap moving forward. Um, you know, Danton Heinen's another kid. He's only 22 years old, yep. and this this would be exa- an example of homegrown and just finding a, a real good young player in the fourth round. I mean, it's not, he's, a, he's already at 40 points, I think. So um, a young guy and then Riley Nash, an older guy. Uh, it's worked out well for Don Sweeney. He's, he's uh, caught some lightning in a bottle here and there. But in terms of your point about being a threat this year, I think with that, with that core group and obviously goaltending, it's ultimately, ultimately always comes down to, uh, you know, Tuka Rask in this case. Yeah. Uh, if, if they get it going. They could uh, they could threaten anybody. Of course, it's a gauntlet the way the playoff system's set up. Yeah. So they're likely playing, you know, well, I, I shouldn't say that. If they get past Tampa, they'll end up playing a wildcard team in the first round, which would be a tremendous opportunity instead of having to play Toronto, in, mm-hmm. you know, in the first round and then and then move on. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, one of those teams battling for the wild card, they saw him the other day, and then they're seeing another one. They, you know, they lost to Florida 3 nothing. They're seeing another one this week coming up against the Columbus Blue Jackets. But, you, you know, I, I think you look at that those teams right there. Yes, I agree with you right now thinking that. But they all – those eight seeds and, you know, those teams that just make it in or on a roll going in all the time, I think a la Nashville, and I'm not comparing Florida or Jersey or Columbus to Nashville – but those can be dangerous too, Simmer. But I think 
that's one of the things I like about this Bruins team, and it goes to the coaching for sure, to Cassidy and his staff, is they, they always seem prepared. Yeah, they sometimes they spot a 1-0 or 2-0 lead, but they seem to really study other teams well, and they don't seem to you know, look ahead or take any teams lightly, which wasn't always the case uh, in recent years. Yeah, over the course of an 82-game schedule, it doesn't matter what team you are, you're going to have flat nights here and there. It's just it's an absolute grind, and you're going to have trap games, especially when you're playing a weak team as part of a back-to-back. But, I, I mean, I can't – you would know better than me in terms of reeling off two or three dates on the calendar where they kind of puttered out. Um, mm-hmm. I think they've uh, played pretty consistently. They're also a team that's never out of a game. You yeah. Know, you talked about being being set to play. It's Mike Babcock's – uh, old line about, you know, start on time. And it seems like the Bruins start on time for the most part. So, uh, and they, and they're frightening in terms of finishing games as well. We saw them score the three goals late and then win the game against Carolina. Not so long mm, ago. They're, they're nuts. You never can, you never count, count out Brad Marchand. Here's the thing, doing it without Bergie. I mean, they've had doing that with, without McAvoy, doing that with Chara now. <laughs> I, I think that's kind of, I think that's kind of the point you were bringing up at the beginning. Yeah. If you are, if you have, if you have work ethic and you buy into your systems, um, you can plug and play with depth, and that's yeah. something the organization they have it right now. You know, it, it first similar to when you were around for this Bruins team. I'm going to refer to right now in uh, 2007-08. Of course, that's the year where Bergeron went down with that scary concussion and missed. <laughs> David Krejci stepped in and kind of made a name for himself, but they battled some other injuries through that year. But that was a a real – I don't think they were even close to as skilled as this team. But the work ethic reminds me of this team. I, I, I see a parallel there. And, and I think that's a good sign, like you were just saying, when guys go out, it's, you know, it's like the, that next man up mentality. And they're really applying that on the ice. They're not just preaching it to the media. Yeah, well, when I first got there, the, I mean, they traded Joe Thornton a month into the season, so the lineup was completely different. That was that was the post. Um, actually, I guess it was about. It was a weird time. It was the end of November. Yeah. It was this very strange time, but I loved the deal. Everybody hated it because you know Joe was a homegrown and it was kind of a, a young hero at the time. But yeah, um, and 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 people tend to try to go, oh, well, wait a minute, Wayne Primo, um, you know, Marco Marco Stern trying to compare them head to head, but it's actually, you have to follow the pathology and where that led. And, and a yeah. big part of it was cl- clearing cap space for Zdeno Chara, making him, you know, making that situation available. Um, you also follow the pathology and Andrew Ference kind of comes out of that as you, as you wind and follow those other players through Brad Stewart, for example, as you follow the various trades that ensued, it just, it just changed the entire mindset of the organization that changed the approach in the dressing room when Thornton went West and, yeah. and Shara came in and took over. Um, and that's when the, that's kind of when that work ethic that you're referring to kicked in because dude is a no holds barred leader. And then they started and Bergie was on board from the get go. He was already a oh. dedicated guy. Yeah. So, you know, it's, those pieces start to fall into place and, and guys follow. Uh, yeah. they, they follow that type of leadership. Well, that trade, though, did uh, have a couple people looking for jobs. One of them, uh, Michael Connell, unfortunately. <laughs> but he went on to greener pastures, and uh, he ended up getting a Stanley Cup as well in L.A., but he was a big part of it. But speaking of jobs, uh, you know, Don Sweeney, uh, we, we just mentioned it earlier, you brought up some of the deals they made, and 
the job he's done. I mean, they had a great trade deadline. He had, did one heck of a job uh, signing Brian Johnson too. I didn't. That was something similar I didn't see coming. Like I, and I think right now you could argue it. It could be the best acquisition so far. Out of those those three. I mean, yeah, Rick Nash is Rick Nash, but in terms of everything, you know, whether it's goals and work ethic and leadership, the whole package. Brian Johnson has been that for the Bruins, huh? Yeah, and you know, here's the other thing about you just throwing out Don Sweeney's name, and you're talking about the the acquisition there. Is we still haven't necessarily seen, and this is kind of moving forward. Um, we haven't really seen a f- couple of those first round picks develop, and we really haven't seen a couple of those have, haven't really determined what those uh, first rounders are going to end up to be, right? Yeah. DeBrusque, DeBrusque has finally shown up. They still have a couple of D men in the pipeline. Um, so, uh, you know, I think he's done a nice job kind of layering the organization with, with some of these picks. I'm trying to remember now what they have moving forward in terms of their picks. They don't have a first rounder this next draft. They have a second rounder. They're pretty sketchy. In 2018, I think the second, a fourth, they don't have a first, a third, or a fifth, unless they picked up a third rounder from someone else. Yeah, I'll have to. And check then they out. have their, they, they have most of their picks in 19 and 20. But his signings have been good, as you mentioned, and I, I think he's layered kind of this, if you want to call it a youth movement, as the older guys get older and they start to slide the new core into place. Um, pretty good job, and and it's kind of a dream situation because there's so many teams that would like to pull this off retool in a relatively short period of time where that mm. is not an easy, I like Detroit would love to do what Don Sweeney has just pulled off, but mm-hmm. that remains to be seen because they have a crappy situation in, in terms of the cap. Yeah, for sure. And you know, I, I just going to mention one of our uh, sponsors here and I I'm, I'm guessing Don Sweeney didn't go to him to find Brian Johnson, but if you're an employer out there, you definitely want to go to zip recruiter. Are you hiring? Posting your position to job sites and waiting and waiting for the right people to see it? Well, ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply to your job. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. The right candidates are out there. ZipRecruiter is how you find them. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash BruinsBeat. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash BruinsBeat. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. You know, Simi, you, you mentioned the picks that they don't have there, but you said going back to 2019, they will have a first-round pick. And I read an interesting story about that right after the draft, and then Pierre Maguire actually commented on it as well on a radio show I heard, is that that's supposed to be a heck of a draft. And you notice – that there weren't many 2019 picks flying around at the trade deadline. Whereas in, in past deadlines, we kind of always see those, you know, two years down the line picks that get thrown around. And I don't think there are any, they were all this year. And there was a reason for that is that, you know, GMs are really looking towards that draft, especially GMs that maybe are, you know, like a Ken Holland, who's going to be trying to retool on the fly. Uh, so it was interesting that that happened there, and that's good that the Bruins have a first-round pick there. Yeah, we're, we're this year we, we have this Rasmus Dahlin kid who's the Swedish defenseman who we saw in the World Junior Gold Medal game lose that game. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a D-man going at, uh, defenseman going at the top 
I'm pretty sure the 19 draft is loaded with forwards. And I think there's quite a few American forwards in that group. But, um, yeah, it's supposed to be extremely deep. And, in fact, I think 2020 is supposed to be extremely deep. And the Bruins have essentially all of their – they do have all their picks yeah. in uh, 2020. So, yeah, they picked the right year to maybe um, give up a few. Uh, That's right. I, I think this might go top three, four players, and then there'll be a drop-off from there, three, four, five guys, and then a drop-off. Um, where the following two years, as you mentioned, are going to be uh, allegedly, and I don't have the details of all the prospects um, that are now, what, 16 years old or going on 17. But, yeah, 19 and 20 are supposed to be deep. Uh, you know, one thing I want to get to quick before we uh, get back to your books, because I do want to get uh, at least one little tease of a story in there. Um, the big thing around Boston, and I, I seriously think, even if he does lead the Bruins to a cup, He's basically become the Rodney Dangerfield of Boston sports, and that's Tuka Rask. And I don't know if you've been aware of this, being away from Boston for the last few years, but, I mean, he is a whipping boy no matter what. If now Nash is off for another Nash, but here's Kucherov behind Rick Nash to Stamkos. What a save by Tuka Rask. That was an anticipation save. He was totally committed to sliding left to right. If the team goes out and, you know, they have a great game and he has a shutout, Oh, well, the defense played good in front of him. But if the defense falls apart in front of him like they were in the first few weeks of the season, I, I remember back-to-back games against Colorado where, you know, he was looking at odd man rushes every time he put, picked his head up. You know, it's, it's still too Karras' fault. So he can, like, never win. And I'm wondering from afar, what does it take around the league on Tuka Rask? Does he have a little more respect than he seems to have here in Boston? Yeah, I don't I, – I, there's no question about it. In fact – Earlier in the season, there was talk about him being in that Vezina conversation. Um, you know, Vasilevsky's had such an unbelievable year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Tuka, at one point, had kind of entered that conversation when he was on that run. But, yeah, I've given a little bit of grief, in fact, on social media to a couple of the reporters in Boston about their kind of permanent stubborn hate for Tuka. And I'm just like, you know, any chance they get to uh, kind of rail on the guy uh, and eventually it got a, a little bit silly in my mind. I, so that's why I kind of, I kind of chirped because, um, you know, for the most part, he has been huge and yeah. uh, a large, a large reason why they've been here. You know, all of them have blips, all of them even might even go, some goalies go into, sometimes it can be a week. Sometimes it can be two. Uh, if you get into three weeks then you're a little bit more concerned, like Braden Holpe in Washington, but yeah. You know, every guy has a down period. It's Again, it's just an unbelievable grind. But Tuca came out of his and um, has been very, very good and seems to have his game back together with two weeks, two and a half weeks, whatever, left in the regular season. So good on him. I, that's If he stays health, healthy, that's the least of your concerns right now in terms of the goaltending because you're looking at one of the top five or six guys in the league. I, I'm, I'm completely with you. And, you know, I said it before, and I, they've definitely corrected it, you talk about the least of their concerns. One of the concerns I just think that was at first we saw it was sort of switching. It wasn't a huge – people act like it was black and white and, you know, just a gigantic shift from Claude Julian to Bruce Cassidy in terms of philosophy on the ice and systems and all, but it really wasn't. I mean, there there were some no, very noticeable tweaks, but it wasn't that big. But I think at the beginning of the season, the whole team, Tuca included, they were all just getting used to that and how to apply it and mix, especially for the veterans, mix what they had known for the last 10 years. And that's, you know, that's not going to happen overnight. So I think as the season went on, it went hand in hand and, and both things improved. So, uh, you know, I, I'm with you. I think Tuca deserves more respect. 
it's more fun. Like it's a little more fun, right? They, there's exactly. a little more, the, the D often. Yeah, there's still structure, but they're thinking a little more north, south, little, you know, there's a little more urgency in that. Mm-hmm. By the way, something fun, fun, as you mentioned, just kind of like, cause I was talking about the big picture a bit. You're talking about Gia- Brian Gianta. Uh-huh. Um, the, the great thing about that is I'm sure you remember this, but when he was playing for the devils, uh, he was what five, seven yeah. uh, off skates. So he's five, nine on skates. Char is six eleven. I don't know if you remember, but those two used to, <laughs> they used to have these legendary little, little scraps. Like it was just yep. and good on, good on Gianta. Like oh, yeah. I, he was, a, he was on our show, um, on the phone a couple months ago and I brought it up to him and he was laughing because I was like, you are nuts because <laughs> you know, Char could have, Char could have picked him up with one hand. Like I've seen Char ragdoll guys that were 230 pounds yeah. Yeah. and he, he could have like picked him up and thrown him over the glass. But Gianta yeah. uh, never really stopped backing down, so I'm sure they've, <laughs> I'm sure they've had a little, uh, little a chuckle over it. Yeah, exactly. Of, of, yeah, since he showed up, because when it was Devils and Bruins back in charge early days with the Bees, it was a lot of fun watching those two go like a Schnauzer against the Great Dane. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'll tell you though, it's funny you bring him up, like in what he does it, but he reminds me. I mean, the personalities are different, skill sets a little different too, but in terms of you know, having a big set there and, you know, in a perfect example, what you just said there, going, you know, going toe-to-toe with Char and just driving in the net. I mean, I caught the other night, there was one sequence there where the puck kept going back down into the opponent's end. I think I want to say it was against Florida because he was one of the, the best players on the ice that night for the Bruins. And he's just, he's right in the middle of it, nonstop, right in the middle of all those defensemen, driving to net. And he reminded me a little bit of Mark Recchi. And I remember, yeah. I remember when Rex came to Boston and just sort of the way that you could notice that the young players were taking notice of what he was doing that way, where he would drive to the net and, you know, they call him the wrecking ball. That's why. And it, it's such a great thing to have when you mentioned that young core that the Bruins are bringing in and mixing in. I mean, they see that stuff and that, that leaves a mark there and that makes you want to go out and do that too. Yeah, exactly. Which puts a little bow on our conversation because you go back to what we were talking about earlier and, and having character commi- character chemistry and commitment and leadership by your your core. Well, obviously he's a recent addition, but he is a veteran who, and we just talked about his you know large cojones going after Zdeno Chara back in the day. <laughs> there is there is no quit on the for this guy. He's a former captain for multiple teams in the National Hockey League, and that is huge. So again plug that into the Don Sweeney signing list and plug that into uh, leadership by example and grit and hard work. And there's Brian Gianta. So, you know, nice little ad, great little leader, great little example guy. Yeah, really is. And uh, let's talk now, Simmer. This is what I've been waiting for. And, uh, you know, it is that type of weekend, a lot of fun adventures going on around St. Patrick's Day. But, man, I know because I've been part of them at times. That's quite the adventures over the years traveling this wonderful world for your job, whether it be for sports writing or other uh, projects that you're working on. And, and that's what this book is going to be about, No Heavy Lifting. I mean, this, is, this looks great, Simmer. So just give us a little teaser, maybe one of these stories. And, you know, just the way sort of the book came together, why you wanted to do this, what, what made you finally go through and sort of get all these stories together and make it a book. Yeah, well, it's funny you say finally go through because I actually wrote a couple of the chapters 25 years ago. There you was, go. You know, like, 
literally somewhere in that ballpark. So they just, I just been sitting on them forever. And then as time, you know, accumulates, uh, I've added along the way and I've, uh, there's a chapter about Steve Montador and our time together in Africa and the passing of Monty, um, right off the bat. And it kind of gets into some of the issues. Yeah. Um, so that it goes from stuff like that to just kind of ridiculous situations that are, that arose. Um, my favorite is uh, I'm kind of John Belushi from Animal House, and um, I kind of go into c- collegiate kleptomaniac mode, and uh, I'm hopping around like Bluto Blutarski on campus, and um, I, I ended up, I, I will admit it right here because it's in the book anyway, I ended up stealing something, <laughs> and um yeah, at like three o'clock in the morning. Oh, but it's not that. like it's not going into it. I'm not a shoplifter. I wasn't in a store. I wasn't like that guy. It's uh, it's, it's pretty crazy. So there's that. There's um, there's Olympic stories. There's the mountain climbing. There's jumping out of airplanes twice. There's uh, uh, so if you want to do that, I can give you some advice. Um, there's a there's compulsive gambling where I lost gobs and gobs and hordes and hordes of money over a ten year period, which I'm gonna kind of work into a kind of a speaking circuit to try to help other people out because uh, I've known at least two gamblers that have died from, uh, from going too far and not being able to recover from it and uh, others that have had it change their lives. So I was into that scene for a little while, got out of it. Um, another camera guy I worked with in Hawaii who was taken hostage, like a shotgun to his head. Uh, there's that story. So it, it's the full, again, it's individual episodic stories, all completely true. Some really fun, other a few really serious, well, pretty serious ones, and um, it all kind of came together and started re- literally writing it 25, 30 years ago, and then put the pieces together over time. You know, I've been meaning to do the same thing too, and now you're inspiring me to actually fall through and maybe do this someday. Because I, I was just, you know, I was out in Holyoke, Mass, uh, for their St. Patty's weekend festivities, and you know, you see a lot of old friends, and you just talk about some of the old tales. Well, Simmer, you know what? I'm sure along, along those adventures, uh, there were times where maybe we needed uh, one of our dear sponsors, and our, that sponsor is eHarmony. And, uh, you know, if you're looking and you're, you're tired of the lazy text messages and dead-end conversations, random matches that don't turn into dates, you've got to try eHarmony, and here's why. It's success stories like this. We never thought we'd meet somebody online that was so compatible, and we are so grateful that we were able to find each other, said Lisa and Mark. Or don't settle for anything less, and you too will meet the one that will complete your life, said Bruce and Lori. Obviously, eHarmony knows what they're doing. When it's love, there's just no stopping it. We are singing the praises of eHarmony right now, said Jason and Anna. And let me tell you about Jimmy Murphy here. You know what? I've checked out eHarmony before, and right away, they hook you up with the most compatible matches, interesting people that share the same interests as you. I'm telling you, this is better than all the dating sites out there. It saves you a ton of time. That's what eHarmony is about, to get right down to the point and find you the right match. eHarmony takes steps that other dating sites don't in order to find you that compatible match. There are plenty of hookup sites out there. That's not what they are. They're the number one most trusted dating site or app based on a survey of 1,600 U.S. singles. Right now, my listeners can get a free month with eHarmony when they sign up for a three-month subscription. Enter my code, BruinsBeat, at checkout. Again, Right now, my listeners can get a free month with eHarmony when they sign up for a three-month subscription. Enter my code BruinsBeat at checkout. So stop waiting and start your journey to a satisfying, meaningful relationship. 
It can be fun to play around with online dating apps, but when you're ready to fall in love with someone and have a meaningful relationship, there's one app that's built to bring you real love, eHarmony. Come see how eHarmony can change your life. Go to eHarmony.com and get started and enter my code, BruinsBeat at checkout, eHarmony. But Simmer, you know what? I look forward to this book and I, I, I can't wait to get my copy and I'm, I'm psyched that, uh, you know, we, as we were saying off air, we might be able to hook up finally and reunite and maybe discuss some of these adventures in person soon. Absolutely. It's called No Heavy Lifting. I think you're going to love the cover. Uh, check that out. And uh-huh. um, it's pretty funny. And uh, yeah, but none of the uh, none of our weekend warrior adventures. So I stayed away from the uh, <laughs> anything that might get in trouble, uh, us in trouble with any of our former associates. Let's just put it that way. Oh boy, <laughs> that could be it. <laughs> all right, my friend. Yeah. Hey, listen, be good, my friend. Always a pleasure talking to you, and uh, we'll get you on down the line. All right. Thanks, Murph. Great time. We'll talk to you soon. All right, that's Rob Simpson joining me here on the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. Happy St. Patty's Day.